0: Every business is unique. But the ups and downs we experience as we launch and run our businesses are pretty similar. We're Harmon Brothers, the team behind Pooping Unicorns and other weird but successful video ads you've probably seen. We help businesses grow through unforgettable video marketing, and we're no stranger to tricky situations. In fact, we embrace them. The goal of this podcast is to show how your crappy circumstances could be the golden opportunity that leads to your next success. You're listening to Poop to Gold. From Poop to Gold, I'm Benton Crane, your co-host and the CEO of Harman Brothers. Today, I am joined by Ryan Cote. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we're excited to have you on the show, Ryan. Um, tell us, what is your business? So
1: I work, um, it's, it's called Ballantine. We're a family-owned digital marketing and direct mail marketing company. The company was actually started in the mid-60s by my great-uncle, Fast forward to today, myself, my two brothers, and my uncle are partners in the agency. Cousin works there. Um, we've got about 18 people uh, overall. But yeah, we do direct mail and digital marketing. We go back to the 60s.
0: So did it start as direct mail in the 60s? It started out
1: actually as print and ship work. So you're, you're in an office, you need sell sheets created and printed. We would print it and ship it to your office. The direct okay. mail part of it, the, the what's called letter shop or mailhouse, that came in the 80s, I think. I might be messing that up, but it was print and ship, direct mail, creative, and then digital is the latest. The digital is really like a startup within the direct, the bigger
0: established business. It's only like five years old. Right. So you guys have been reinventing yourselves in the, in the last five years on the digital side. Yeah. We
1: still do a ton of direct mail. So that is still a major part of our business, but yes, we've, we have a whole team now
0: in-house for digital to try to you know Valentine I guess 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. Uh huh. One of uh one of my friends and and one of our clients Russell Brunson of uh, ClickFunnels. He's kind of you know one of the OGs of direct response marketing online, and he learned everything that he knows, uh, kind of back in the you know in the direct mail world. I was talking to him the other day, and he told me that direct mail is having a uh, kind of a renaissance where people are finally embracing digital to the point where they're kind of leaving direct mail and it's creating some amazing opportunities and, and really affordable reach in direct mail. Have you seen something similar to that? 2019 was a fantastic year, but yeah, you're right. There's less
1: competition in the mailbox. Um, even a lot of our digital clients, so on the direct mail side, it's very large companies. On the digital side, it's small businesses, contractors, manufacturers. That's the way we've set things up. And even on the small business side, we're getting more and more requests to do postcards. You know, they want to, they're, they're doing everything digitally and they want that additional touch Get getting the mail, there's less mail to compete with. And so we're even seeing it on the small business side, you know, hey, can you quote us on a postcard or what have you? So yeah, I would
0: agree with what Russell is saying. Yeah, that, it, to, to that point of, you know, the postcards and stuff, he explained that way back in the day, direct mail used to be kind of a top of funnel strategy but now he uses digital as his top of funnel and then he uses direct mail further down in the funnel where it's like aimed at the high value leads um, and he's found it to be really effective in, in that regard. Yeah, you're getting your, your marketing message physically in their
1: hands. There's less mm-hmm. competition versus like the inbox, like we mentioned. Um, you can even get creative. Like we've done some, they're called like video mailers. So they're still technically direct mail because you're mailing them out, but they're like a, I don't know. I can't remember these size. It's not big. It's like six by nine inches, the, the, the piece, of the folder. And you open it up and there's a video that starts playing right away. It's like a two inch by three inch screen. And the video starts playing right away. And so that's technically direct mail, like lumpy mail, whatever you want to call it. But we've okay. had some clients use that pretty successfully. Um, we work with a major insurance company and they were they were sponsoring um, a major golf tournament. And so they got this, they wanted to make everyone aware that they were sponsoring it. So they use mm. this to reach out to some of their customers just to announce it in a big way. I think they did like uh-huh. 200 it wasn't like a big campaign but you know it's it's an expensive product
0: yeah so when when you're aimed at your really high value leads then it can make sense to you know put some money behind yeah. something like that how how uh, how customizable do, can those get is that the type of thing that you can uh you know, customize the video message to the very lead that's receiving it, or is it more, you know, the whole group of 200 leads will receive the same video. The latter. Yeah. They would get the same, they got the same, uh, the same video. That that is a good idea though. We should look into that. Very, uh, very cool. So let's talk a little bit about the family nature of your business. So this is Harman brothers. There are actually six Harman brothers and four of them are partners here at, at, at the agency. Um, in addition to that, um, we have, there's another big family, the Vance family, who we have several Vance siblings um, who either work here currently or, or have worked here at, at various times. And so we've seen a lot of the family dynamics of you know w- what family business is like. Talk to us about what are the pros and cons that you've seen. Yes, yeah, so I've, I've been in the business for 17 years now.
1: Um, I had jobs outside of college before the business. But yeah, we've had like my my dad retired a couple a couple of years ago. Like I said, my uncle, my two brothers, my cousin. Um, we've had some cotes in between that don't work with us anymore. Um, pros and cons, you know. It, it fortunately it's worked it's worked out. I know there's a lot of disasters disaster stories with family businesses. Um, it's worked out fairly well for us because I think for several reasons. communication we don't have none of us have egos um we're all pretty respectful to each other not that we don't disagree but there's never been any like screaming matches um Mm -hmm. and we all have our set roles and set strengths and weak strengths and weaknesses and we play to that like my brother scott finance and operations you know i'm more sales as is my uncle but we we focus on different sales you know different um Different verticals to sell. And then my brother Matt is also sales, but also heavy into production. So we all have our different skills and strengths and we and we kind of just stay in our lane. Uh I guess the con, if I had to say anything, um, we don't really see each other outside of work. And I think it's because we're always with each other. Mm-hmm. So we have a relationship and we're we're all pretty close, but it's all within work. Outside, we have we all have our own friends, our own lives. I think that's by design. So that's not always so we're not always around each other. But I think you look at that as a con too, because we, I don't see them a lot except for like their kids' birthday parties and family, uh, the family uh, like holidays.
0: Yeah, so I, I, I think from my experience, I would say that there is this uh, definite pro to the fact that as family, you grow up together and you know each other and you trust each other at, at such deep levels that it makes it a little bit easier to kind of have those radically candid conversations that need to happen in business. Where you can just be, you know, candid and, and brutally honest with each other, knowing that you still have each other's backs and that um, you know, it's not a personal attack, it's just, hey, you know, we we've got to communicate these hard conversations. And from my experience, having family around makes those conversations easier as opposed to, you know, somebody who you you haven't had the years to to build that level of trust with. But one of the funny dynamics that I've noticed is that because so I'm, I'm a cousin to the brothers, and so I, you know, I grew up close to them as, as well. And so from the time we were little kids, like if we had a disagreement, you know, we'd just beat each other up, and then you know we'd be back to playing in the trees or whatever. Um, and so that dynamic sometimes shows up in, in the workplace where we'll disagree on something, and we'll get passionate, and we'll get heated for a second. And for people who didn't grow up with us or are or, or not familiar with idea, that dynamic— in the moment, it can be kind of scary. Like they're like, "Whoa, what is happening? Like, is you know, is, is our world about to fall apart?" And but then we, you know, we finish the ad- agreement, and you know, five minutes later, it's like, "Hey, you want to go grab lunch?" You know, and um, and and it's all just water under the bridge. And uh, and for from the outside looking in, sometimes that shocks people. I don't know if you guys have experienced any of that type of dynamic. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think if I could be totally honest, I
1: I think that's one area we can do better in. Um, I think we could have more candid conversations, and we're we've we've had we've had conversations about about being more candid, about having more candid conversations. But um, I think that's one area that we could uh, we don't always agree, but it's always very civil, and maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I think we could definitely have benefit from more candid conversations, and we're trying to get to there.
0: Got it. Well, whatever style you guys use, it's obviously worked. You've had a business since the mid 1960s, and you're uh, and you're still going. So 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 keep it up. Okay, so. Talk to us a little bit about your personal why, and your business's why. What is it that makes you excited to get up on Monday morning when the rest of corporate America is like they're in line at Starbucks because they got to get caffeinated before they can, you know, before they can uh, um, uh, handle what's coming.
1: Yeah, I love that question. Um, I'm a big personal development nut. So I've got my own morning routine. Um, I'm always trying to work on myself and grow. And it's something that I just, I thoroughly enjoy. Um, and I've always been that way, even going back to college, I think, or even high school, I can remember was, the books I was reading wasn't like your normal books. Um, and so, and I think I, that's carried into to Ballantyne as well. <clears throat> like I'm always trying to help the team with personal development. So that's part of my why, trying to help them. Obviously, um, helping clients, you know, the types of clients we work with on the digital side, you know, there's no marketing person We're we're either dealing with one marketing person or we are the marketing team or we're, de- we're, we're, we're talking with the owner. And so we've become like a big part of their business. And so when they win, when they have success and they, they're all excited, leave us a good review. It just, it just feels good to help them. I, I think I also like the, the job too, because every day is a little bit different. Um, you know, no, no two days are really the same interviews, sales calls, speaking to clients emails, creating things. And so I like that aspect of it. Like we're all very entrepreneurial. So we like to create. And so um, I like the fact that our days are a little bit different. We get to create content like this and content for clients and content for ourselves. So I feel like I'm not directly answering your question, but I'm kind of like around it. Um, But I think for me, my big why is, is helping people. I know it sounds, Mm -hmm. you know, cliche, but and working on myself to help people even more. And so that's, that's what gets me going. Every day I literally start with a one hour routine that I follow from meditation to journaling, to exercise, to reading and
0: so forth. Love it. Yeah, that, that morning routine is so critical. Yours your sounds similar to mine. And I know that when, I, uh, uh, when I've had times where I get relaxed and kind of fall away from my morning routine, my life kind of pretty quickly spirals into chaos and it's only through that morning routine that I kind of keep myself in balance, and uh, and you know stay focused on the various areas of my life that are important to me.
1: Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree with that. I've same
0: experience. I'm sure you've had a journey to get to where you're at today. What was your poop moment? What was that? What was that really dark moment that uh, that that things got bleak there for a while? Yeah, um, definitely.
1: And actually, it's funny because the morning morning routine question—they're kind of connected. Uh, it's kind of why I started the morning routine. So, okay, so 2000, go back to 2017. Uh, really starting, really the beginning of 2017. It started. So we were taking on. I'm ta- I'm talking strictly on the digital side of Valentine. We were taking on really any type of client. Um, not like any client, but most any client. We didn't really have a focus is what I'm trying to say. And the beginning of the year, the, the year started. It was like January, February. We started, we lost one of our like our top clients. Wasn't expecting it. Kind of came out of left field. And then it happened again like a month later. And then it happened again like two months later. By Q3, I think it was, we had lost like our top five clients. And it was all kind of random, Ouch. but it, it was, yeah, it was Very, right. very disturbing. You kind of feel like you get like, at least my personal experience, I was very flustered and I was like, what's going on here. It didn't make a lot of sense. There was no real clear connection between all five. And it was just, it was very difficult. We fortunately didn't have to lay any, lay anyone off because the benefit we have is the direct mail side was doing so well. It was kind of floating Mm -hmm. the digital for a while and making up for those big losses but we didn't have to, we didn't have to lay in lay one off, but we did, we met a bunch of times, like what, what the heck is going on here? And so we clear, we did two things. First thing we did was we got very clear on who we work with best. And that's where the manufacturers and the contractors, we had some manufacturing and contractor clients. We were doing very well for them. They, they were happy. Um, we liked working with them. It was fulfilling work. And so we said, let's focus on those two segments. Unless we get like a referral, of course, then, but in terms of our effort, let's focus on those two niches. Um, and then I started working on myself. I I mean, I, I got kind of crazy. I stopped eating red meat, uh, No, like no sausage, no baking, no uh, no red meat. Why? Because I watched a documentary and it kind of made sense. And I was like, just kind of, I guess, grabbing at straws. I wanted to tr- try to elevate my, myself as much as possible. So I stopped eating red meat. I started boxing, not like fighting people, but like fitness boxing.
0: Yeah, the workout right? Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. It's nice. Like after a day of work to go hit the heavy bag, it felt very good. Um, and then I started doing my morning routine. That's why I read the miracle morning. And I was like, man, this makes sense. I should really start doing this. Um, and so I tied all those three three things in together. Uh, we started getting clear on who we deal with best. We refined our sales process in terms of how we pitch clients and communicate with them. And I would say by Q1 of 2018, Thing, it was clear things were turning around
0: and it was like the darkness, the clouds kind of
1: mm-hmm. went away
0: and I could think more clearly. Oh man, I I love that story and I relate to it on, on so many levels. In our evolution, we started out with this business model where we thought, hey, we're going to align our clients with us by saying, hey, we're going to build you an ad campaign for as little money as possible, but then we're going to charge a percentage of ad spend on the back end so that if the campaign is successful, then we get rewarded. And if it's not successful, then, um, you know, just kind of the costs are covered, so to speak. And initially our clients loved, loved, loved that concept. They're like, oh yeah, that's perfect. You know, you win, we win, you know, it's it's this, uh, you know, alignment. But what happened in practice was the more successful a campaign was, the more that ad spend fee on the back end just pissed off our clients. And so we, we went through this hard, painful experience of like driving wild success for our clients, but then having them pissed at us all the time. And, and, and in some cases, we even had a few relationships kind of ruined because that wedge was just driven between us and so we had to kind of reinvent our business model, and, and that was a really, really hard, painful process to go through. And similar to you, that's kind of when um, it forced me to be really introspective and get better about my morning routine and get more balance in my life around um, fitness and family and faith and all these other things that matter to me. Uh, so, man, I love your story. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Yeah, thanks for sharing your story, too. It's, uh, it's the agency world, I suppose, right? <laughs>
0: you said you've been in this for 17 years what are the three things you wish you would have known on day one i wish i had known
1: to be more deliberate about making uh building relationships building connections Mm -hmm. not to be so shy and avoid networking events and not be you know not be afraid to to meet people and i wish i had known well, how, how good, how strong, how important personal development is. Cause I was going to need it. You know, I, when, when I started at Ballantine, I was, it was, I was the director of marketing. It was, I was only one person. So, you know, the director of marketing and uh, and then, you know, fast forward to building out the digital team. Now I had people and I, you know, I wish I'd known how important leadership was and working on myself and learning those things. So that's definitely, very pivotal, pivotal right now because um, we have a whole team and just, you know, I'm used to it now, but in the beginning, it was very difficult. I wasn't used to having, you know, coming to the office and having people on my team be like, oh, hey, what's up, guys? Third
0: thing is I'm struggling to think of a third one. Um, That's okay. Sometimes uh, uh, identifying one important thing is more important than identifying three important things. Aside from... Profit. How do you uh, How do you determine when your business is successful?
1: Team fulfillment is a big thing for me. You know, I, I, I know the clients come first, but, but the team really comes first. The clients are important, they're a priority. But for me, when the team is happy and I can tell that they're excited by the work, because it has, we've had some team members that haven't worked out. They just weren't happy. We weren't making the right decisions. And so that's like a whole nother thing with this process of trying to refine how we communicate with clients, but also how we manage the team. And so for me, when I see that the team is happy, they're producing good work, um, you know, they're very engaged, they're all working together, that kind of gets me going. I would say that's a big thing. Obviously, clients happy, We get, getting Google reviews yeah. and seeing that come across, uh, re- retaining clients for a long time, um, those are important. But I think it really does start with the team, because if the team's happy, they're going to do good work, the clients are going to be happy, we're going to retain them. So that's been a big focus. Like we do when we run in the office, we would do monthly lunches, uh, birthday breakfasts, things just to get everyone together. We that's have true. all stand-up desks where everyone can collaborate. We do pr- uh, monthly professional training for the team. And
0: so it's like trying to invest in them and mm-hmm. that would, I would say that's the biggest thing. Yeah, it's huge. Okay, in the world of marketing, give our uh, give our listeners an insider's tip. What's a what's a strategy or a tactic that you're seeing really successful today
1: so we're very big into content like blogging i know that sounds like so like 2010 but we're seeing blogging come back a lot of our content's ranking in google it's um you know with google discover it's becoming more important google's ranking a lot more content because they, it answers questions and so it's it's a good piece of content for google to rank and so we're we're seeing a resurgence in all in in our blogging strategy. So, you know, one thing that we like to do is we'll post a lot of content and then we'll see what content's ranking very well. And then we'll double down on that content, add video to it, add images to it, add more content to it. And typically when you give Google more of what, what it already likes, it does well. So I guess my biggest tip for your listeners is don't feel like you always have to create new content go back to old content, see what's doing well and then make it even better and Usually your organic goes up from that.
0: How can our listeners stay in touch with you?
1: Yeah, definitely connect me on LinkedIn, uh, Ryan Cote, C-O-T-E. Uh, you can go to Ballantine.com if you want to learn more about us. Uh, that's spelled like the beer, or the or the whiskey. Just no, no relationship. Um, Ballantine.com and then LinkedIn for sure.
0: Ryan, thanks for coming on the show today. It's been uh, it's been fun to get to know you, and uh, and you know of course for our listeners, if you heard Ryan say something that that caught your attention, make sure to follow him. And, uh, and learn more about what, what he's all about. And of course, as always, uh, for our listeners, if you want to know more about Harman Brothers and what we do, check out our website, harmonbrothers.com. And otherwise, just make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode. At Harman Brothers, we're known for what we call our hero campaigns. These are big nationwide campaigns for brands like Squatty Potty, Poopery, Purple Mattresses, Lumi deodorant and many others. What makes these campaigns special is that they've helped scale those businesses by tens of millions of dollars each. Now, companies reach out to us on a regular basis wanting a hero campaign. They want that type of growth. They want that type of branding and they want that type of awareness. But the simple reality is most businesses and entrepreneurs aren't yet quite ready for that level of growth. So we've built what we call a hero incubator that is designed to help entrepreneurs and companies prepare for a hero campaign and to be ready for the type of growth that they're looking for. The hero incubator starts with a marketing audit. We offer these marketing audits for free and you can apply for one at harmanbrothers.com forward slash audit.